Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another installment of the Sea Report. This time for Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of enjoying this earlier hour of the Sea Report, but we'll see what's up. Um, you know, just a whole bunch of uh, mishmash with the time slots and stuff like that, but we're trying stuff out. So um, thanks for joining us. We are live on Twitch right now. I'm going to go ahead and check on that just to make sure. Yes, it does look like we are. And we are also recording for our podcast side of things. So again, thank you for joining us on the Sea Report for an early afternoon edition. Uh, before we get underway tonight, uh, do make sure you join us at QNAholespodcast.com for more information on what we are doing at the QA Holes Network and also for other programming. Uh, just follow that ticker down there at the bottom of the screen and uh, you'll get more information on all of that stuff as you may need to know. And I think that's it. So we're going to get right into the news today and some stories. Now, the first thing that we're going to start off with today is going to be uh, um, an interview that uh, President Trump had yesterday, it looks like, with uh, Maria Bartiromo of Fox News. Now, uh, this would be, I guess, maybe his first real major interview because he did do a Fox News interview post um, uh, the uh, CPAC that Sunday. It was like on some obscure Fox Business network, uh, one of their subsidiary, I guess, subsidiary type networks. But anyway, so he was on with Maria Bartiromo, did a 20 plus minute uh, interview with her on Fox. He talked about uh, Biden's border immigration policy, um, as we've uh, discussed at length here, is destroying the United States of America in what seems to be a childish temper tantrum that President-select Dementia Joe Biden is um, <clears throat> having just to prove Donald Trump wrong? I don't know. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, as we talked about the crisis that is happening at the border, it seems like the, the amount of children, if you've been following the news, uh, especially here on the QA Holes Podcast Network, um, then you know it's it's multiplied exponentially. We went from like what, 200 kids to 700 kids to uh, what, uh, 1,400 kids to now like 4,000 um, unaccompanied minors coming into the United States of America. I mean, this is, this is a, a Biden dream come true, quite possibly, but it is not anything that is good for the people of this world, let alone the people of America. I mean, think about it, guys. Like, this is hurting the American people, economy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But on a humanitarian level, this is this is a much bigger picture that we're looking at here. Um, <clears throat> I would urge you all to go back and listen to uh, Joe One of Two's news break. I think it's actually coming up. Whoops, I accidentally spilled the beans on that. But yeah, I mean, you get the early scoop if you join us on Discord also. So join us on Discord and you'll get the early scoop. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil that story, but uh it is quite crazy, guys. So uh Trump does respond to that. Um he also uh talks COVID with Maria, and uh again, uh all of this really comes from that Washington Post correction that we talked about in uh, I think it was yesterday's episode, uh where this this really 
did make because we're seeing the playbook of the deep state and all of their minions in the media or in politics playing out and and what uh what i finally remembered was the name of that um mudslinging campaign it's called the rap smear the rap smear is what hoods pelosi talked about she bragged about it she bragged about the rap smear she's like uh 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 the the, the rap smear in her delirium trimmings i'm kind of drunk but not maybe i'm just uh coming down from yesterday's uh drunken drunken party right well Nancy Pelosi called it the rap smear. She says that's where you plant a story in the press. You let it get as much, you know, virility or what as it needs to. And it attacks your opponent. And then it, it comes out later on that it wasn't even real. And But by then it's already done the damage that it needs to do. It's the rap smear. That's the name of it. Um, and that's exactly what we see happening here uh, with President Trump time and time again. And, and it all has to do with the media playing on the emotions of the people reading their stories. And with those lies, it's just like the, uh, it's just like the people who had those sexual assaults against Trump who said that he raped a 13-year-old girl. Well, guess what? Those cases were thrown out because they were false. But as long as they were in the in the judicial system, they were able to run with those stories in the press in a rap smear to go ahead and get President Trump's name slung in the mud and people accusing him of uh, raping children of all things. Uh, but it's in the, it's as long as it's in the as long as it's in the judicial system, it, it lends credence to the story. And this is how they work. I mean, it's pretty sad. You know, it's pretty sad. Um, I don't know that this is I mean, because this obviously doesn't seem legal to me. To me, this doesn't seem legal that a newspaper can do something like this, that a, uh, a news organization or a media organization could conscionably, consciously, could knowingly know, as Dave from X-22 would say, could knowingly know, plant a story just to influence the uh the emotions and the direction of the people and uh that to me smells like propaganda and um i'm guessing it would not be legal if it were knowingly known to have been propaganda and i think it, it could be i mean here we have raffensperger lying to the washington post to send this rap smear story that Trump is trying to uh, trying to schmooze Francis, whatever her name is, over there in Georgia, and, and trying to you know to trying to sweetheart talk her into finding the fraud, right? Rap smear, okay? So Hoods Pelosi trained you well, Adam uh, Adam Schiff trained you well, Raffensperger. You clearly learn from the best over there, even in the state of Georgia. So uh, I mean, this is totally illegal. Okay, so if it's knowingly known, and this is this is the media, you know, this is the this is the people we're supposed to trust, you know. I mean, I call propaganda. So we have to go back to that whole propaganda thing that uh, was in the uh, um, Patriot Act 2012, um, where they they were able to take away the ability for the government to put propaganda into media um, and also into news. So, I mean, and, and, and it, it wasn't it wasn't framed in a way that it said, oh, the American people will now be exposed as propaganda. It was framed in a way that it said that uh, should they be using this propaganda on other international um, uh, entities and American individuals so happen to intercept it? Well, 
the government wouldn't be held liable for such propaganda in our media. But I think they've taken it to another level. They've taken it to the level of the rap smear because they have this protection, you know, and even though it's, it's more like a subtle or like uh, an, 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 a covert propaganda, can, can propaganda be any more covert? It's like a conservative tranny. Anyways, sorry, that's off the topic. Okay, so let's get back to this. Uh, actually, tell you what, it's like, what, a 20-minute interview or so. Why hear it from me when you can hear it from the horse's mouth himself? Let's get this clip up with Trump on Maria Bartiromo with Fox News so you can hear what he had to say, because I think it's important that you hear what he has to say, because, well, we all do. All right, guys, let's get this up here. And uh, we got 20 minutes on the clock for Trump. No, just kidding. <laughs> what, is, what, what was that one phrase? I, I recall my time. Uh, no, just kidding. I am no Maxine Waters fan. Okay, guys. All right, here we go. We got a interview with uh, President Donald Trump. Welcome back. Now, this exclusive in just a moment, former President Donald Trump will respond to President Biden's agenda, the crisis at the border, and the attacks on the Trump presidency. As the Washington Post today is forced to correct quotes of President Trump that he never made. And today, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said that the United States is facing more migrants at the border than it has in the last 20 years. But he stopped short of calling it a crisis. Joining me right now with reaction to that and a lot more is the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, thank you so much for being with me tonight. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. We have... We have so much to get to with you. President Biden's first order of business on January 20th and 21st was to overturn your policies at the border, immediately stop construction of the wall, triggering an onslaught of new illegal immigration. Your reaction, do you believe this would not have happened had he not overturned your policies? Well, my policies were working better than they've ever seen on the southern border. The wall is almost complete. Uh, we just had to fix little sections, complete little sections that had to be together. We needed them in order to get the trucks back and forth from side to side. Uh, but they've chosen to stop right in the middle. Uh, they could have it finished in uh, a month. And it would be just magnificent. It already is magnificent what it's done in the areas where it's totally completed. But just small sections are remaining, and they should finish it. But they're destroying our country. People are coming in by the hundreds of thousands. Uh, young children are coming in, and they leave their homes, and they come up because they think it's going to be uh, so wonderful. And frankly, our country can't handle it. It is a crisis like uh, we've rarely had. And certainly we've never had on the border, but it's going to get much worse. I mean, what you're seeing now is very bad record numbers, but it's going to get much, much worse. With a little bit of uh, time, you'll see those numbers expand uh, at a level like you've never seen before. Well, you had 400-plus miles of new wall constructed, Mr. President. Of course, you did a deal with Mexico to share the burden of the illegal immigration. The Remain of Mexico policy was something I know that you and Secretary Pompeo worked on for a long time. Is there any right. way to reverse that? What would be your advice for the Biden administration to stop the bleeding at the border? Well, I have great respect for the president of Mexico. He's a great gentleman. We had a very good relationship. Uh, they had 
28,000 soldiers on our border while we were building the wall. They had 28,000 soldiers not allowing people to come into our country, and they were also stopping them at their northern border by Honduras and El Salvador, Guatemala. They were stopping them so they wouldn't come through Mexico, and we had it really down to a good system. And as the wall was finished, they could remove soldiers, but they still had the same 28,000. And uh, we had a great relationship. They understood that I was playing with tariffs if they didn't do that, but we never had to do that to Mexico because the relationship that we developed was very, very good, very close. And we stopped what was coming into Mexico at their northern border. They stopped that, and they stopped it at our southern border. So we had very few people coming in, and we also stopped human trafficking. When I say stopped it, made a tremendous dent like has never been made before, and also drug trafficking. So we did a lot of things, and all of that is now eroded. Today, uh, they're coming in. You take a look. They're coming in from all foreign countries. I see they're coming in now from Yemen. They're coming in from the Middle East. They're coming in from everywhere. They're dropping them off, and they're, they're pouring into our country. It's a disgrace. They're going to destroy our country if they don't do something about it. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about this and the implications. There are sexual assaults. Uh, Mexico's president said that he said that the cartels view President Biden as the migrant president. Look, President Trump, you've had a little time now to sit back and think about all of this. I want to get your take on President Biden's agenda, including the border, but also this stimulus package, the idea that we are on the doorstep of much higher taxes. What would be the impact, in your view, uh, on an economy that is just beginning to recover? Well, they were rec it was recovering under my administration twice. Uh, we got it to a level that the world has never seen before. We were the envy of the world, and then when we got hit by the, as I call it, the China virus, COVID, uh, it was, it obviously went down along with every other economy, and then we were the first to get it back up. And we actually, the stock market when I left was higher, slightly higher than it was even at the prime prior to COVID. So it's, it was incredible what we were able to do. If you look at the jobs numbers, we had the all-time highest number of jobs. We had 160 million people working. We were never close to that. Everything we had, African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, everybody was setting records. Women, uh, it didn't matter. Any group was setting records. And now, when I look at what's happening, we were energy independent. Very shortly, we will no longer be energy independent. Uh, gas prices are going up at a far more rapid rate than anybody's seen in a long time. We had gas prices very low, and yet we had more energy jobs than we've ever had. But, you know, when you see gas prices going up, and they'll be going up by $1, $2, $3, if you look at that, and, and that's, you know, that uh, it's bigger than a tax increase. To the consumer, you get a dollar increase in gasoline, that's a that's bigger than a tax hike, than a big tax hike. So it's a terrible thing that's happening. And then let's talk about tax hikes. They'll be raising taxes at the highest number that we've ever seen. It'll be the biggest tax increase in the history of our country to pay for everything. And it's it's a very devastating thing. It's it's a very sad thing to watch. Uh, fortunately, 
in my administration and through what I did, frankly, and others, but what I did with the FDA is I forced them to move quickly and we got the vaccine done in nine months instead of five years. I don't think it would have ever been done, frankly, because according to their rules and regulations, they would have never had it. But we got a vaccine done in nine months and fortunately, yes. that's not only gonna save our country, it's gonna save the world. Well, I'm glad you brought this up, Mr. President, because we just heard from President Biden last week on Thursday. He gave his first primetime speech, as you know, and he said that when the coronavirus first showed up, and that was at the beginning of 2020, when we did have a three and a half percent unemployment rate, as you just noted. But he said that when the coronavirus first arrived, it was met with silence for days and weeks and then months. There was no word of your Warp Speed program. How are you feeling tonight about the fact that you're not getting any credit for any of this by the Biden administration? In fact, even when it comes to the border, Nancy Pelosi this weekend said that uh, the Biden administration inherited the border issues from the Trump administration. So when you go to uh, when you go to the COVID issue, uh, we did a great job. We get very little credit for it. I closed the country far earlier. Dr. Fauci and Burks and all of these people that frankly made nothing but mistakes. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to keep close it to China. I closed the border to China. I closed the border to Europe. Uh, Italy and all these countries that were having tremendous problems long before they wanted me to do it. And if you look at Biden, he didn't want to do it months afterwards. And then ultimately he admitted that he made a mistake in saying that if I didn't do that, we would have had hundreds of thousands of more lives gone. Uh, but the big thing is what I and I've always felt that was the most important is the vaccine. The key was always going to be the vaccine. And when Biden got the vaccine in December, and on January 20th, he made a statement that he doesn't think we have vaccines. Now, I don't know, did he make that statement as a statement or did he not actually know we had the vaccine? What, what's going on there? But uh, he got his shot. He got his first shot on, in December, on December 21st, I believe. So with the vaccines and with the job we've done with COVID, with getting, I inherited empty an empty cupboard. Biden failed very badly with the H1N1, with the, as you know, uh, the, the, he had a chance to do something and they had a tremendous, tremendous failure, H1N1, it was a disaster. And now he's taking over this. What he's taken over, warp speed, we had it, our military, what they've done in terms of delivery has been incredible incredible yeah and we gave up to 1.3 million shots a day before he even took over so not only did we have the vaccine and one thing we did we took a a big bet on this we started manufacturing the vaccine before we really knew it worked we saved many many months and millions of lives by doing that because you wouldn't have the vaccine right now if we didn't take that chance we knew what we were doing we knew that we felt strongly it was going to work and we took a risk, and the risk was spending billions of dollars to develop it yeah. before we knew and before we had the approval that it was going to work. It works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. And it's really saving our country, and it's saving, frankly, the world. So, so, Mr. President, I know that you received the vaccine. Mrs. Trump also got the vaccine. Would you recommend to our audience that they get the vaccine then? I would, I would recommend it, and I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it, and a lot of those people voted for me, frankly, but, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms, and we have to 
live by that, and I agree with that also. But it's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. And uh, we've been well, working round the clock. And what I got the FDA to do, this would have happened. This would have happened in many, many uh, years from now if we didn't, if I didn't yes. get involved, and if we didn't get involved. Yeah, tell me more about that. I remember you were talking about when when you were in office, you were talking about the meeting that you held with the major pharmaceutical company heads and you were garnering all of their support to work together to ensure that a vaccine was on the market as soon as possible. And you said that one issue that you were trying to do was to alleviate any bureaucracies within the FDA. How was it that you were able to encourage a vaccine on the market within nine months. That was quite extraordinary. Well, well, I wouldn't say the FDA loves me, but I pushed them very, very hard, harder than they've ever been pushed. And a number of the people in the FDA admitted that. And at the end, they were very happy. But they uh, did not like me. In fact, they wanted to announce it sometime after the election because they just didn't. I, I think most people knew we pretty much had the vaccine before the election, but they wanted to announce it along with the drug companies who are not fans of mine, because if you look at favored nations and all of the things I've done to bring down drug prices, nobody's ever done what I've done. But that cost the drug companies a lot of money. In fact, they took tens of millions of dollars of commercials. So they wanted to announce the vaccine after, and I understand that, but somebody had to do it. You will see drug prices, if Biden leaves it alone, you will see drug prices. Favored nations means we get the price of the lowest nation, whoever pays the lowest, we get that price. Right now, we're the highest in the world. We will be the lowest in the world, meaning tied for the lowest in the world. The drug companies were very unhappy with that. They never thought anybody would do it, but I did it. So with the vaccine, I pushed the FDA at a level that they've never been pushed before, and they got it done in nine months instead of five years. Now, the five years, I think, would have never happened because I don't think they would have ever gotten it done. Yep. Mr. President, I want to ask you about future elections and your thoughts on this H.R. 1 bill that the Democrats are pushing. But first, let's talk about The Washington Post and what took place yesterday with The Washington Post being forced to correct what you told the Secretary of State of Georgia. The uh, Washington Post initially accused you of a crime uh, based on fabricating quotes, and the rest of the media ran with it. Uh, The Post correction says this. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Trump's comments on the call based on information provided by a source. Trump did not tell the investigator to find the fraud or say she would be a national hero if she did so. I know you put out a a, a statement about this story, Mr. President, but tell us what your reaction is that the Washington Post had to correct this fake news that they reported that you told the Secretary of State of Georgia to find the fraud and find the votes right before the Senate race. It was, and it probably affected the Senate race, but it was a terrible thing. And I will say this, I was very happy that the Washington Post had the courage, or whatever you want to call it, to at least admit their mistake. Uh, I hope it was a mistake, but I think probably it came from the people in Georgia that run an election process that, frankly, is just absolutely terrible when you look at the things that went on in Georgia. So uh, I don't know that uh, the Washington Post may have been told that. Uh, They didn't hear it because it didn't exist, but they were told something that didn't exist. And it, it made me sound bad. And I think 
you know, when I heard it, I said, that's ridiculous. I never said that. One thing I will say, the Washington Post did a correction. A lot of pressure was put on them, but they did a correction because they realized what they did was wrong. So now you have to find out, was it the Washington Post fault or the people that run the elections in Georgia? Because the people that run the elections in Georgia, they have to be looked at, whether it was the secretary of state or, frankly, the governor of the state. Uh, things went on there between the presidential election, which I can tell you about, or uh, you look at the two Senate elections. That, that is such a shame that, ha that happened. Everything that you've been talking about on your show today is affected by those two seats. Those two seats are devastating that we lost. And the Republicans, frankly, were fighting for $600 versus $2,000. And that was the only ad that the Democrats took. That was a disaster. Uh, they should not have been doing that. Mitch McConnell made a tremendous mistake. He lost those two seats. Well, I don't understand why the other networks at the time, Mr. President, said that we have confirmed this independently, that he said find the fraud. I mean, how is it possible that you, I mean, we have now the tape. You said nothing of the sort find the fraud right. and this is the quote that they all went with and they said that they verified it independently how is that possible actually <laughs> when you hear the tape you would say donald trump may be the most honest person it was a, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful and perfect statement and the it Washington was the Post perfect call it, and i guess they were relying on the uh, the statement without hearing what was said but they were relying on the statement made by people in Georgia that run the elections. It's a very terrible thing. A Ravensburger. Very, very terrible thing for our country. What took place? Hey, in hey, 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 big mama. Place in Pennsylvania. Stacey Abrams. Took place in yep. Detroit, Michigan. And her Michigan sister, General. a judge. What took place in Wisconsin and Arizona? Uh, it is Brian Kemp, the spineless. A, we're like because a third we world had country. We had mail-in balloting because of COVID, but now uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to We'll call to him Spineless one, Kemp from uh, now on. That's his uh, gangster name. So that mail-in ballots Spineless Kemp. What are your thoughts on H.R. 1, Mr. President? But first, will you run again? Well, let me ask you, let, let me answer the first question. The other question, I think it would be a disaster for our country. And it would be very unfair. The Democrats use COVID in order to do things that they can't believe they got away with, what they did, and they didn't get their legislatures to approve. And by the way, in the Constitution, you have to do that. And our Supreme Court and our courts didn't have the courage to overturn elections that should have been overturned, because you're talking right. about decisive amounts, hundreds of thousands and even millions of votes. They didn't have, in the Constitution, it says the state legislatures have to approve changes. They made massive changes early, just, just before the election in some cases, and they made massive changes that... That not even mentioning all of the other things and all of the yeah. dishonesty in the election, the state legislatures did not approve these changes. Therefore, well, they're not allowed. And the Supreme Court, they didn't rule on the facts. They ruled on yeah. standing. Well, you don't have standing well, to bring it. The Supreme Court should be ashamed of itself. Well, I mean, this H.R. 1, that would federalize these elections. So going forward, can a Republican win again if H.R. 1 becomes law? If they allow that to happen, if it's allowed to happen, I think your Republicans will 
have a very hard time getting elected. What will happen is the Democrats will be able to do what they did in the last, in the 2020 election, uh, and even worse, potentially even worse. Uh, it's set up, it is a setup that they can't believe, and it's because of the fact that the Republicans lost two seats that they never should have lost in Georgia, and they never should have, if they were watching and doing their job, they should have never lost the presidential election in Georgia or five other swing states. When you look at what they did and when you look at the dishonesty and all of the things that took place in that election, this should have never happened. And and they have to stop that. Mr. President, so what about it? What about it? Will you will you run again, Mr. President? Are you considering 2024? Well, based on every poll, they want me to run again, but we're going to take a look and we'll see. We have first steps first. We have to see what we can do with the House. I think we have a very, very good chance of taking back the House. Uh, We did a great job. You know, you're going to lose from 15 to 25 seats the last time. I got involved. I worked very hard. I made tremendous amounts of of, uh, meetings, speeches, and teleconferences and everything else for 56 of them. I had 56 basic teleconferences with thousands of people on the line on each one. And what happened is we ended up winning 15 seats instead of losing potentially 25 seats. That's a big switch. And it almost cost Nancy Pelosi a job. I think we have a chance of taking back the House. I think we have a chance to do better in the Senate. Uh, We need leadership in the Senate, which, frankly, we don't have. Uh, We need better leadership in the Senate. Uh, You have a good chance to take back the Senate. And frankly, uh, uh, we'll make our decision after that. But, you know, if you take a look at the polls, Maria, when you take a look at what's happening on our southern border, when you take a look at what's happening with energy independence, which will be gone in two months, and we had it for the first time ever, we had it, and prices were low. When you take a look at all of the things, and then when you add the fact that I was the one, and this administration was the one that came up with a vaccine, which is going to save the world, okay? It's going to save. We would be, I think, worse than 1917, where 50 to 100 million people died. Uh, The vaccine is such a big thing. When you add it all up, I think we'll do very well in two years, and I think we're going to do very well in four years. Is there is there anyone if you weren't going to run? Is there anyone that you think of that is a front runner behind you right now? Well, I like a lot of them, and a lot of them I've been responsible for. You know, I mean, I've, I've uh, endorsed people that won. I've endorsed people that didn't have a chance, and as soon as I endorsed them, they went up by many, many points, yeah. and they won. And I'm doing that All again. Right. You know, what? It seems that the endorsements uh, carry a lot of weight, and that's good. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, yes, they do. Mr. President, I'm glad you came on to talk about all of the success that you had uh, in your term, because it certainly was significant. Uh, as we uh, wrap up here, Mr. President, what, what was your take on Meghan Markle? Uh, <laughs> meeting with Democrat This is for you, Mr. Y and Pablo. Well, I hope that happens, because uh, if that happened, then I'd be, I think I'd have a, an even stronger feeling toward running. I think that what she Trump talked about versus the royal family of the Queen, I happen to think, I know the Queen, as you know, I've met with the Queen, and yeah. I think the Queen yes. is a tremendous person. And she owns I'm the Queen. Of Megan. Trump well, owns the Queen. It's wonderful to catch up with you once again. Please come back soon. Stay Trump well. owns the Queen. Thank you very queen. much, Brian. Trump owns the queen. Trump owns the queen.
That's funny. Uh, they couldn't resist, right? They had to ask some of that celebrity gossip. Yep, just to wet the whistles of everyone else out there. But there you have it. That was the 22-minute uh, interview with... It was 22 minutes and 11 seconds with uh, my not-responding computer and uh, President Donald Trump and Maria Bartiromo. Uh, there you have it from the horse's mouth. So, uh, yeah, I mean... As, as I would see it, uh, we, the people, are taking things into our own hands as best we can. And um, there's other things going on behind the scenes. So when Maria Bartiromo is asking, are you going to run in 2024? You know, are you going to run in, in... I mean, but Trump is more concerned about turning over the House again in 2022, we're running in a um, white hat covert operation here. Now, here's the thing, because I've heard stories of people on the white hat side say, like, we don't want to become like our counterparts. We don't want to just kill people. We don't want to just, you know, um, kill them because they're doing evil. So what do they do? They give them their due process, you know, instead of just saying, hey, even though I know you guys are running this underground, uh, I don't know, inner cavernal uh, human breeding plant and adrenochrome facility, instead of just shooting you in the head, like maybe we want to, we're going to give you your due process. Do you get what I'm saying here? So we're going to give them their due process. So anyways, um, that's what I'm saying here. Like we're running. So, so yeah, we're running under a white hat covert uh, shadow government. We don't want to be like the bad guys. We're still going to give them their due process. But I guess now we're running a covert shadow government. White hat style, white hat style. <laughs> so um, Trump is uh, Trump is going to focus more on turning over the house, and I think maybe he wants it to look like it's organic or natural, but it's going to happen either way. It would be something. Let me tell you what: if the people actually moved and 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 executed things like these Q warrants that we've heard about from other um, other sources, you know, and and to actually move on, not just recalling all of these individuals who are um, uh, illegitimately and illegally in office at this moment, uh, because if we could do this Q warrant thing, if we could do this in escrow thing where we find that the voting machines were not even or, or were um, were authorized or were checked by like what? Who is the one that checked it? Right. Like that's something that is uh, being examined right now. Now, if if we were able to jump the hurdles with these practical administrative in your face you can't deny it because these are the receipts the documentation is right here by virtue of this documentation as so signed by anyone who is involved it renders the entire election null and void these are the avenues that americans are working on right now behind the scenes in addition to what the Constitution and Trump and the military may already have going on in place. Now, if all of this could go and happen, good, excellent, 
I, I love it. But it seems that on the other side of this same coin, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the same coin, it's the same side of the same coin. I don't know how to describe it. We have the American people working to do this and the administrative technical aspect of this coup that happened and, and we're uncovering these stones that are just, they're logical. They're what Occam's razor logical, like that's so simple. Like, why wouldn't you just check in escrow who check these uh, voting machines first? And it might be an international company. It might be a foreign company. It might be China, you know, like, and then that would render this whole operation illegal. And then everyone who was voted on in this past 2020 election and before probably would be illegal also. So we have those going on, but then we also have this shadow white hat government going on. Ooh, there's just too much going on here, right? <laughs> so anyways, Maria Bartroma asks Trump if he's going to be running. Um, I mean, I think Trump will just do what the consensus of the people um, is. But I think at the same time that he is also really looking at taking this back in a way that is so deceptive to because think about it. Deception is how the, like, black hats, the globalists, the, I don't know, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, that's how they got a hold of the American people. Through this uh, pomp and circumstance, through this pony show, through this sideshow, through this circus that they put on through their media. So is Trump and the military and that administration, uh, let's call it the Patriot administration, whatever you want to call it. Um, are they using the same methods then to take back control of the world in a way that the people of the world can stomach it because we're so mentally and culturally poisoned that we couldn't take it any other way? We would be DOA if he just said, hey, we're going to, you know, reverse everything that happened or we're going to expose everyone to the real truth or whatever. But very interesting. So look, look to that now because allegedly and accordingly so. And we're seeing this because there's more and more voter fraud coming out more and more and more every day. There's even some that we'll cover in this episode. And I'm going to tell you what. We're going to run a little longer on this episode only because uh, we're like, what? We got like an hour and a half left of time on this account. So maybe let's just use it up, right? So anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit about the election fraud that has been going on. But what we're, we're getting into it now, actually. We'll just uh, kind of, uh, you know, go over what uh, Biden, uh, Biden, Biden's coming up also. Um, what Trump had to say in regards to this. I mean, he talked about the Washington Post correction. He said he was happy that they had the gonads to, uh, you know, admit that they were wrong. But here's the case in point. Rap, smear, rap, smear, rap, smear. This is what they're doing. Like, this is just wrong. It needs to be stopped. But uh, also, again, you know, Trump was talking in regards to the southern border policies and the immigration policies that this illegitimate, uh, you know, administration has um, uh, elicited upon the American people. I mean, think about it. The wall, for example, like like we have said on the Sea Report, Trump just verified could have been finished in a month. You know, but but they decided not to do it, you know, and that's the worst thing, you know. But um, he also spoke on the bill H.R. 1. And I think this is also, again, another important point, because 
No one was really talking. I missed it. I missed it in the coming ups of. But he talked about it at his CPAC address. Um, he mentioned HR1. Now, again, HR1 will legalize every illegal measure that these people took to steal the 2020 election in a landslide coup against Donald Trump and the American people. Now, as a way of reminder on what is going on with this HR1 bill, it's just it's the For the People Act. Right. It's more like the For the Politicians Act. Uh, the Epic Times had a bit of a write-up just as a way of reminder. We reported this about two weeks ago on the C-Report. The bill, also called For the People Act, was passed in the House late on March 3rd with a largely party-line vote of 220 to 210. And it seeks to impose federal requirements on state voting procedures across the United States. The bill spans nearly 800 pages and would impose a number of voting and election changes, such as requiring disclosure of donors to religious and nonprofit advocacy groups and enabling incumbent congressmen and their challengers to receive a salary from campaign funds. That's crazy, right, guys? Anyways, the article continues, it would also force states to implement a minimum of 15 days of early voting, offer mail-in ballots, facilitate online voter registration, and allow no-excuse absentee balloting. Um, so, yeah, let's not forget that facilitate online voter registration. That is just uh, that's just nice uh, lawyer speak for politician speak for uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to put a bunch of money into in, investing into teaching uh, brown communities how to get online and use the Internet. If you guys remember, Biden said that. Anyways, critics have argued that if the bill becomes law in its present form, it would give the federal government the power to gain control over the election process by imposing mandates on the states. They said it would eliminate basic security protocols that states have in place and interfere with the ability of states to undermine the qualifications and eligibility of voters, not allow citizens to participate and speak freely in the political process, and fail to ensure the accuracy of voter registration lists. On March 3rd, a group of 20 Republican attorneys general signed a letter calling on the leaders of the U.S. House and Senate to consider a number of constitutional flaws in the bill. They argued that it would unconstitutionally force states to permit election measures like voting by mail. A number of other provisions in the bill also appear to contradict the Constitution including a requirement for states to accept late ballots, an override of state voter identification laws, and a mandate that states conduct redistricting through unelected commissions, according to the letter. The bill, if it becomes law, Trump said, would make it extremely difficult for Republicans to get elected. And like I said here, if you review this law, this bill, it basically legalizes every measure that they took to um, steal this election in a landslide coup against, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat>
President Donald Trump and the American people, those who voted for him and were disenfranchised by the treason of this covert takeover of the United States of America. It is very overt to people who have been watching this for 10 years or more. We see what's exactly going on and we're calling them out on it. But that is what was going on um, as far as uh, Trump's interview with Maria Bartiromo there on Fox News. Now, in other news from uh, Breitbart and the Right Scoop, we have an article that says that Trump was right. Now, we were talking about this um, um, voter fraud and we're talking about how now we know that at the state level and at the local level, a lot of voter fraud has come out. I'm quite surprised that uh, people from Texas, for some reason, seem to want to be caught up in voter fraud. Like, what was it like? Uh, one lady alone had like like thousands of dollars that she she uh she acquired by um by harvesting votes in the San Antonio area. That's not to mention four others who were arrested and two from Austin. Um, of the twelve cases that I can say that we reported about here on the Sea Report since what February, the twelve cases since February, at least. Half of them are Texas residents. What the hell is up with that, right? That's because the people are coming to Texas from California and other blue states trying to do their shenanigans here. Although the the one lady that did the vote harvesting in San Antonio, this lady legit, nah. She the gente. She's la gente para San Antonio. She's been here for years. She's just, uh, you know... I don't know. I, who's to say? Maybe her family's like cartel or something. I don't know. You never know. Down in Texas, I know back in Austin, um, I lived a, a couple blocks away from apparently from a cartel boss. But uh, that's a story for another day. And that was in the dirty south of Austin, not even up in the hills where you have them rich people buying all them expensive designer drugs and running human trafficking um, operations out of their supposed apartment complexes. That's right, people. This shit is happening close to home. Now, before we get too caught up, we're going to uh, talk about this voter fraud issue that's going on in Michigan uh, with the, de- the declaration that Trump was right. Michigan judge says that Democrat Secretary of State violated the law on absentee ballots. Oh, really? Would this happen to be maybe one of the uh, cases that the Supreme Court threw out? And now a local judge, pardon me, now a local judge in Michigan is seeing something else going on here. All right, let's get into this. A Michigan state judge has just ruled that the Democrat secretary of state did, in fact, violate the law when she issued unlawful guidance on how ballot counters should evaluate absentee ballots. Breitbart says a Michigan judge ruled last week secretary of state Jocelyn Benson broke state law when she unilaterally issued rules related to absentee balloting, legitimizing a key claim made by the Trump campaign in its legal challenges to the 2020 election. Benson 
issued several unilateral orders during the 2020 election, including sending absentee ballot applications to all registered voters. She also issued guidance on how to evaluate absentee ballots, a move Michigan Court of Claims Chief Judge Christopher Murray held violated the state's Administrative Procedures Act. In the guidance, Benson said slight similarities in signatures on absentee ballots should lead a counter to decide in favor of finding that voter signature was valid. Murray ruled Benson violated the law, violated the law because the guidance issued by the Secretary of State on October 6, 2020, with respect to signature matching standards, was issued in violation of the Administrative Procedures Act, the APA. I'm glad the court sees Secretary of State Benson's attempts at lawmaking for what they are. Clear violations of her authority, Michigan State Representative Matt Hall, Republican, said in the statement. If she wants to make changes like these, she needs to work with the legislature of or properly promulgate them through the laws we have on the books. In this case, the Administrative Procedures Act, he continued. Murray's ruling came after Allegan County Clerk Bob Ginetsky sued Benson and State Director of Elections Jonathan Brader over Benson's order, which Hall described as a mandatory directive requiring local election officials to apply a presumption of validity to all signatures on absent voter ballots. According to the suit, Janetsky argued the presumption contained in the guidance issued by Defendant Benson will allow invalid votes to be counted. But Janetsky did not allege that this guidance caused him to accept signature that he believed was invalid. The court ruled that his presumption of validity of absentee ballots can only lawfully be done by the legislature. Nowhere in this state's election law has the legislature indicated that signatures are to be presumed valid, nor did the legislature require that signatures are to be accepted so long as they are, there are any redeeming qualities in the application or return envelope as compared with the signature on file. Policy determinations like the one at issue which places the thumb on the scale in favor of a signature's validity, should be made pursuant to properly promulgated rules under the APA or by the legislature. As the article suggests, this gives credence to the complaints that Trump made last year when this was happening. So as you can see, this is uh, another issue of uh, voter fraud that's coming back. It's, uh, it's circling back, right? Just like that, what? rap smear campaign it is circling back and it is pretty clear now that the f uh, the powers that be the ones that did not want trump in power uh, the ones that did not want trump as president um they they definitely used the benefit of time delay in their uh information war against president trump and the voters of america I mean, just listen to what we just experienced here. Um, and he complained on it and they said, no, it, it's not true. The Supreme Court dismissed it outright altogether. And yet here we have a local judge saying, in fact, they did break the law. 
Now, uh, the article concludes that Breitbart notes that out of the 7.7 million voters in Michigan, 3.1 of them were absentee ballots, which is why these rulings are important and why states must fix their laws to prevent this from happening in the future. We saw that in Georgia. They didn't even want They did not. They could not in Georgia. They could not even compare the uh, signatures because they had already tossed the envelopes and they'd shredded the ballots. Like, and they're supposed to hold these things for like, what, two years at the least? X amount of time? Like, they have to retain this uh, proof, these receipts of, you know, election. I mean, it makes, it's just, it is ridiculous. These people should be thrown in jail because this is just beyond negligence and mismanagement. Uh, This is beyond not being able to get your job done. It is to the point where all I need to hear is a smell. All I need is one tweet. All I need is one quote. All I need is one text from Raffensperger saying that he hates Trump. All I need is one text from these people here in Michigan. Uh, or even the Supreme Court. Well, we already heard it from what? Supreme Court Justice Roberts. That he's not a huge Trump fan. I mean... Come on, if the people can see it, what? Do we need a text a la uh, Struck, Peter Struck and, and his lovers and stuff like that? Who he's going to save by being the Superman against Trump? Anyways, this, this is just disgusting. This is just disgusting and I'm sick of it. Okay, all right. We're about to wrap on the Sea Report. We still have a few more things to do. Uh, but first of all, allow me to take the time to reset our clock here for um, uh, the uh, podcast side. But welcome back to the Sea Reports. And I hope you guys are having a good afternoon so far. So uh, that will wrap on our Trump uh, stories for the afternoon so far. We're only going to do a couple more stories. I had a clip that I was going to share with you guys um, with President Biden. But hey, I'm going to go ahead and save that clip for tonight. So you guys make sure you come back on Twitch. Sorry, I'm trying to get my coat. Like, there we go. Come back tonight to Twitch. We have the Wednesday night Q&A Holes podcast show. Tonight we are premiering Q&A Holes Eclipse um, and, uh, I mean, Eclipse, eh, I'm pretty sure you can kind of guess what that's about. Come and check it out tonight. It'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Standard, 6 p.m. if you're over in California, you know, um, and we'll be doing that soon. Uh, so I was going to play a clip for you guys, but we'll play it tonight on the Eclipse show. So just come back and check us out live here on Twitch. It'll be me with uh, Mr. Y and Mr. W. And who knows who else will pop in tonight? You can never tell here at the uh, Q&A Holes Community Center. <laughs> but anyways, okay, here on Twitch, right? The community, Q&A Holes Community Center here on Twitch. All right, so um, here's our next story. Uh, we're going into uh, illegitimate President Joe Biden. Illegitimate Joe. Illegitimate Joe. Um, hold on. I think I think it's very... Oh, whoops. <laughs> whoops 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 (laughs) what am i doing okay oh you know what i i know what i could do instead okay so we're going to be talking about uh now hashtag illegitimate joe that would be uh you know our current president illegitimate joe so 
guess what? He's uh he's done his first what press conference like illegit <laughs> to met Joe. Okay, sorry, I had to put that there. Um he had his first what press conference like fifty five days in, etc. Um now he's going to be doing his next big thing. Watch out now, everyone. Get excited because uh, President-select uh, Joe Biden will be hosting his first formal news debriefing on Thursday afternoon, March 25th. Aha! Okay, so don't say debriefing to Joe Biden because at this point he might take off his underwear. But he's supposed to be doing some sort of formal briefing. I guess it's, he's supposed to be, it's, it's, it's 60 something days into his, uh, his administration's reign. And he's saying, hi, two months later, hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm President Joe Biden. Uh, I came here and illegally performed a coup on uh, the American people in the United States of America, right? Anyways, okay, so, uh, <clears throat> skip the Joe Biden clip. You gotta see it tonight if you wanna see it. But President Joe Biden urged, my, oh, this is, what, this is what this article is, my bad. Okay, so, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pulling apart my, uh, Pulling apart my uh, oh, there's Joe Biden pulling apart my my newscast here. But anyways, um, Joe Biden, <laughs> sorry guys, he responded to this travesty that's happening at the border because you have had uh, the likes of independent media all the way up to uh, legacy media, top uh, corporate six media outlets, all complaining on Joe Biden for his policies in. Immigration on the southern border. So President Joe Biden urges immigrants or migrants, actually, not to come to the United States on Tuesday as criticism mounted over a surge in people arriving at the southern border with Mexico, including thousands of unaccompanied children. Yes, I can say quite clearly, don't come over. Don't leave your town or your city or community. And now this is because, uh, if you'll remember, Representative McCarthy was with a uh, delegate delegation tour or a tour of delegates down in El Paso. And one of them said, and I quote, I call on President Joe Biden to tell immigrants immediately to stop coming to the border. I don't remember which uh, which representative was the one that said that. I don't think it was one that I actually played on the C report, but 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 now I guess Joe Biden is heeding the heeding the calls of these Republican representatives that were visited the border, and is saying, "Don't leave your town or your city, man. Come on, man. We'll find another way to smell you in America." Um, so let's see what else. Uh, speaking hours after his head of Homeland Security defended the administration's immigration policies, Biden also shrugged off claims that his dismantling of former President Donald Trump's tough stance had encouraged the surge, pointing out that there had been similar surges in 2019 and in 2020. Hmm, 2019 and 2020, like pretty much when y'all were throwing Donald Trump out of office. And all the Democrats are saying, come to the border caravans, because Donald Trump's not going to be in office anymore. 
Like, in 2019, election season, hello? Of course you're going to have surges coming up to the border during that time. Especially when you have the news media saying that Hillary's winning by 90% and Donald Trump is losing and with a with a 100% guarantee. Anyways, I know it's flashback 2016, but you get my point. The article con- concludes that the idea that Joe Biden said, come... I heard the other day that they're coming because I'm a nice guy. Here's the deal. They're not, he said. Okay, Joe Biden. Yeah, they're not coming because you're a nice guy. Obviously, they're not coming because they know that you'll probably just end up smelling the taint off their children. But they are coming because they know that the people who control you, Mr. Marionette Joe Biden... Uh, that they can come in and get into our country. No problem. Easy, squeezy, lemon, freezy. Um, But what else do we have going on with Joe Biden right now? I mean, that was just his response because it was brought to his attention. They're like, oh, he was like, oh, my God, if someone like Mr. C is talking about my border policy, then we should address the nation. Okay, so now, okay, let's see if you can address this, you illegitimate joke. Joe Biden, what is going on with your psychopathic Secretary of State? Or sorry, sec- sorry, not Blinken, Secretary of Defense or Lloyd Austin? What is going on with Lloyd Austin? Okay, now I think I can play this clip because uh, I wanted to play this clip. Oh, where is it? Jesus Christ! Here it is. I wanted to play this clip because uh, we're doing um, uh, we're doing uh, we're doing uh, we're doing short clips on TikTok now for the Q and A holes podcast. So go and check it out. Now I did this uh, one minute news brief on something that's going on in the Middle East. Now we know that there's a lot of tension that's starting to build in the Middle East because Lloyd Austin is deciding to bomb everyone and Hussein's mama in Syria because he's got some money to make, you know, using his toys and uh, implementing his contractors. Well, here's a brief article that we shared on TikTok uh, yesterday, and it's about the Middle East. So I'm going to play this real quick, and then we'll get into uh, what's going on over there. If there's one thing we know for sure the sea report is that there are definitely military operations underway between the United States and the Middle East. We have seen America strike Syria and Iraq strike America via Iran in Syria. And we have seen America strike back and vice versa. All we know is that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and even Joe Biden himself did not know exactly what Lloyd Austin was doing. And as a result, Joe Biden forgot Lloyd Austin's name, but on a serious note from the American military news, rocket strike Iraqi base hosting U.S. contractors on Monday, several rockets struck an Iraqi military base that hosts U.S. civilian contractors. The official Twitter account for the Iraqi Prime Minister Security Media Cell tweeted, two rockets fell outside the Balad Air Base without significant losses, and it was found their launch was from the Sayadat al-Shat area, boycotting Dalyaria. Okay, so now we have more military action taking place where now we have it happening over in Syria. I mean, in in Iraq. So um, a lot of stuff is is gearing up to take place. Um, Now, what is going on over in Syria today? 
Okay, let me see, let me pull this up real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so Psycho Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is having a gay old time spending money and playing war in the Middle East at the cost of the American people and at the lives of the Syrian and Iraqi people. Now, reports of more American troops are entering into Syria. What the hell is up with this? Like, we just had um, troops being pulled out of the Middle East, and now we're seeing them going into Syria. Now, we know that America and the Black Hats and the Deep State and the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, they want Syria. They want the president, uh, Bashar al-Assad, out of there. They want him gone. Um, they've already done this in Iraq. They've already, uh, their, what, their alliances with Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Um, their last big takedown would be, what, Iran. So uh, this is what's going on here. Now, we see also in the midst of all of this happening, like in the midst of all of this going on, we have Syria um, and we have Iraq. We have Iran. All of these people, Turkey is even in the mix here. Um, we had what a U.S. contractors that were killed already. Then we had a Lloyd Austin firing back in Syria on the Syria Iraq border, um, and that killed what twenty plus people. You know, but in spite of all of this, don't forget that Biden actually released billions of dollars of Iranian money that were frozen by the Trump administration in places like Oman and Iraq and South Korea. And there's no doubt, there's no doubt that this money, these billions of dollars that President Biden, in spite of the fact that Iran has backed up uh, uh, attacks on American people in countries like Syria and Iraq, he releases the money to th this Iranian money, President Biden, it's no doubt it's going to fund militias, terrorist groups, proxy armies, rebels, and even colored revolutions. Billions of dollars Biden released to these people. And so now we have this going on. But here's something else. Like I said, America is going after Syria. They want to take over the country. They want a regime change there. It's something that we've been fighting for a very, very, very long time. Now, what I have on the screen here are photos that were um, published by the Syrian, let me see here, the uh, Syrian Arab News Agency. Now, the Syrian Arab News Agency has reported that a new convoy of United States occupation trucks loaded with logistics materials have entered Hasaka countryside via the illegal border crossing within uh, with northern Iraq to support the occupation's bases in Hasaka countryside. So the United States military with Lloyd Austin is moving stuff in illegally through northern Iraq into Syria, all of this stuff. Okay, this is what we're doing. And does Biden even know that this is happening? Does Biden even know what his rogue Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, is doing? This guy who has his pies in like six or seven defense contracts, uh, who have contra currently contracts with the United States government. Okay? Local sources in Al Kazana village told Sana reporter that a convoy that includes 45 trucks loaded with boxes, military vehicles, and fuel tankers entered via Al-Valid illegal border crossing with northern Iraq. The Syrian report notes that it's a flagrant violation of the international law 
The U.S. occupation troops work to enhance their illegal presence in Al Jazeera region as they have established several bases to protect and train armed groups and terrorists organizations operating under their command to achieve their hostile schemes. We have to wonder what schemes these are. Regime change is what I'm talking about. But you have the Syrian Arab News Agency reporting this, that we are, we, our country, with under President Biden, with Lloyd Austin, are going into Syria illegally. We're occupying, bringing in all of this stuff, flagrant violation of international law guys like flagrant violation of international law like this should really just like be causing people like you want to say that this administration has done some crazy things in the past what 60 50 days check this out what are they moving this in place for what is going to happen now you know like are we going to have a full-out war between iraq and syria fueled by iran and turkey or something like that like what come on guys okay so uh another article from the Syrian Arab News Agency says U.S. occupation removes 30 Daesh terrorists to its illegitimate bases in Al-Shaddadi in Hasaka countryside. So they've already made a move, guys. They've already made a move. What is the first thing that the uh, Lloyd Austin army does in Syria? What do they do? They release 30 Daesh terrorists and they take them back to their home base. Why are we releasing terrorists in Syria, guys? Biden, hey, hello, illegitimate Joe, come on, wake up, daddy, come on, grandpa, wake up, how about you, Kamala, wake up, why are we releasing terrorists in Syria? I'd like to know why the United States Army, with Lloyd Austin, this this general of the, what, the 10th Division Mountaineer, Buccaneer, up my butt, I don't care, Lloyd Austin is releasing terrorists, let's see what this, let's see what this report says. Hasaka said, the U.S. occupation forces removed on Wednesday 30 Daesh terrorists from a prison for QSD militia in Kamishli. Kamishli? Kamishli? To their illegitimate base in Al-Shaddadi in the southern countryside of the province. So the United States of America has set up an illegitimate base in Al-Shaddadi. Thank you, President Joe and Vice President Kamala and Rogue Squadron, uh, Lloyd Austin, whatever the hell, General, the pumpkin pie, freaking um, military contractor over here playing war with uh, all these people's lives. Okay. Um, uh, it says special sources told uh, SANA that the United States occupation forces removed 30 Daesh terrorists from the prisons of the militia in Kwamishli in the U.S. illegal base uh, to the U.S. illegal base in Al Shaddadi via a helicopter. The sources added that the United States occupation forces are trying to invest terrorism by removing Daesh terrorists who are detained in the prisons of QSD militia in Hasaka to Badia and the eastern countryside of Deir Ezzor to train them in order to target civilians and Syrian Arab army points. Why are we trying to attack Syrian Arab army points? Oh, is it because according to... The legacy media, the uh, Syrian government is gassing their people. They're gassing their people with gas that is so deadly. Reporters from CNN can go over there and smell it and live. It was already debunked a hoax. We know that the president and the government of Syria was not gassing their children. We know that it was a fake. 
We know it was a fraud. We know it was a phony. Okay, guys? So we don't even need... This is just ridiculous. But yet they're doing all of this ground movement. And the thing about it is we're talking about the ground movement now. Wait until the stories they start pumping about this uh, later on in this week or maybe even next week. They're going to start talking about uh, fighting in the Middle East. And they're going to start talking about uh, the rebels going in because Syria. And maybe they're going to have a false flag against uh, the Syrian government. So that all of this movement that the military put in this week, they can then start utilizing next week against Assad or something like that. Watch. Let's see what happens. You heard it here on March 17th. Patrick's Day edition of the Sea Report. All right, guys, this is just some stuff to be concerned about. And we're almost done. We're going to do one more story. I had, we were going to do one more story in the interest of time because it is dinner time and got to get fed, right? (laughs) Otherwise, the kitchen's closed. Okay, so um, yeah, so that's just something to keep your eyes on, guys. Just keep your eyes on the Middle East. We're sending troops and convoys and all of this equipment over there. We're going to have an engagement, I swear. But by, by probably by this time next week, there's going to be a false flag on Assad and all of the crap that we moved to the northern border, they're going to start using or they're going to use it to go to, to war with Iraq um, or something like that. But we've moved all of that equipment over there. Okay, now you're probably wondering, who is this ugly mug? Gosh darn it. Who's this ugly mug that we have on the face of the screen here at the Sea Report right now? We're moving away from Syria and back to the United States of America. We'll close the Sea Report with a story back home. And I really wanted to talk about this story on this one. That's why I'm getting it on here. I don't because uh, uh, well, we'll talk about it. But yes, I really want to get this story on here now. We have talked about, at nauseum, uh, Killer Cuomo and his policies that led to the uh, COVID nursing home death scandal 2020, right? And uh, we saw that how the legislature, the people of Amer- of uh, New York State are rising up to get, um, to, to get answers, among things, also vindication to get, you know, for the loss of their, their family. This has now spread to Michigan. Right. And now we see that uh, Governor Whitmer is being sued for the data in regards to the COVID nursing home 19 uh, COVID-19 nursing home death scandal with numbers already um, guesstimated at over 5000. Well, don't you love the trickle of time? Because now Tom Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, as we have reported, is facing the same choir in regards to the nursing home COVID-19 death scandal. From the Federalist Pennsylvania, Republicans referred Democrat Governor Tom Wolf for investigation into nursing home death scandal. It's about time, guys. We have it going in Michigan. We have it going in New York. It's probably going to be hot on the tails of Gavin Newsom's uh, recall in California. Like, I bet you that's probably going to be one of the final nails in his coffin over there in California. But now we have Tom Wolf. So we have one more New Jersey governor. He's got it. He's got it. He's got to face the music, too. But again, don't forget, he legalized marijuana all across the board in New Jersey. So they kind of forgot about the COVID death scandal at least for the last, what, few weeks. Everyone's high in New Jersey right now. Everyone's high in New Jersey, so they will will remember eventually that their governor also passed similar uh, edicts or mandates during the um, COVID-19 pandemic, plandemic, 
uh, emergency. But uh, getting back to the article, Pennsylvania House Majority Leader Carrie Benningoff formally referred Democrat Governor Tom Wolf's administration to committee on Monday for an investigation into how the executive handled the early days of the novel Wuhan coronavirus pandemic. While we are hopeful that an end to this pandemic may be in sight, we cannot stop asking questions about the government's role in containing the spread of the virus, Benninghoff wrote in a Monday statement, highlighting the governor's March 18th order, which preceded a similar order by neighbor New York's Andrew Cuomo jamming COVID-19 infected patients into nursing homes. More than 12,700 Pennsylvanians died in nursing homes. Bonk, bonk. Boom, we got a number, people. Almost 13,000 people in Pennsylvania died in nursing homes. Over half of Pennsylvania's virus-related deaths. And to date, families across the Commonwealth have not received answers as to why and whether or not government orders contributed to the spread of the virus in these facilities. Benninghoff said as he sent the formal investigation to the House Government Oversight Committee. Wolf issued guidance to nursing home facilities housing the population's most vulnerable age group, barring them from refusing to admit COVID-positive patients. Nursing home care facilities must continue to accept new admissions and receive admissions for current residents who have been discharged from the hospital, hospital who are stable, the order read. This may include stable patients who have had the COVID-19 virus. Wolf's directive came just one week before similar orders were passed down from Governor Cuomo. So Wolf did this before Cuomo did. He, whose office was recently caught falsifying COVID-19 death data to, in, uh, to undercount the severity of the policy's devastation on long-term care facilities. Cuomo also hampered by half a dozen women making allegations of sexual misconduct, face, uh, faces calls from prominent members of his own party to resign, etc. Other governors hailed as liberal lockdown heroes who also passed down orders to place COVID-infected patients into nursing homes are now taking heat for the deadly directives. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who signed an order on April 15th, and this order still stands, by the way, everyone, demanding long-term care facilities must not prohibit admissions or readmissions of a resident based on COVID-19 testing requirements or results, faces potential criminal charges. Whitmer's Department of Health and Human Services is stonewalling freedom of information requests for data that re uh, could reveal the impact Whitmer's order had on COVID deaths in nursing homes. In New Jersey, Democrat Governor Phil Murray, his office was warned his nursing home directive would kill people. The conversation was tense, NewJersey.com reported this weekend about a March 31st, 2020 conference call when New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichilli was giving instruction to admit COVID patients into long-term care facilities. While she made it clear that they would be required to assign separate staff and separate them from other residents or to let the state know right away if it was not possible, the exasperation on the other end of the phone was palpable. Patients will die, an unidentified administrator declared, according to a recording of the outspoken meeting obtained by New Jersey Advance Media. You understand that by asking us to take COVID patients, 
by demanding we take COVID patients, that patients will die in nursing homes that wouldn't have otherwise died had we screened them out. Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz and California Governor Gavin Newsom also handed down similar edicts in their own states. Newsom now faces a recall election where organizers will submit more than 2 million signatures needed Wednesday to put a contest on the calendar later this year. So as of today, Gavin Newsom will have a recall election special on this calendar year. But uh, isn't that interesting, guys? New Jersey, sounds like you guys are up to bat. And uh, here we have a governor coming out of the woodwork, one that we did not hear about before. That is the governor of Minnesota, Tim Waltz, also. So now we have six killer governors. Killer Governor Waltz. Killer Governor Newsom. Killer Governor Cuomo. Killer Governor Murphy. Killer Governor Gretchen. And Killer Governor... The guy from New Jersey. That's what we're talking about here on the C-Report. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be a wrap for the C-Report. Yeah. Oh, we had a story with Ken Paxton. Sorry, guys. We're out of time. It is 5 p.m. It's time for dinner. And we're done tonight. Make sure you come back tonight. Uh, on Twitch, we will be having the premiere of the Q&A Holes Eclipse live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Uh, over there on Pacifico Time. Um, and uh, what was, was there something also? Oh, yeah. Make sure you hop on over to the Q&A Holes TikTok. We have a TikTok now. I'll be doing some uh, one-minute reports later on uh, tonight, uh, probably after dinner for TikTok, maybe after the show. You'll see my face again because we had more stories, but we're pressed for time, and we're almost time out of time here on the stream. So, again, thanks for joining us on the C-Report for today, Wednesday. We'll be back tonight with the Q&A Holes podcast. Don't be late. I'll try not to be. I'm going to go get dinner right now, and then we'll see you guys later on. Have a good evening, and take care until next time.